Hi, I'm Cornell. I'm Glenroy. And I'm Kareem. And welcome to the 50 Podcast, where... We're here with being heel-strutting queens to talk about LGBTQ politics, pop culture, growing up in the Caribbean, life in the diaspora, and the work it takes to sustain love, life, and laughter in the midst of all the white noise. We're giving you everything, honey. Get into this mug. We're serving you a hot cup of fish tea. Bottoms, Bottoms up. up. Mm, mm. Nobody gets it right. <laughs> Last one, so let it run. That's okay. <laughs> right. You just did get your coming strong. <laughs> you said it with your entire chest, and that's all that matters. Right. Oh, gosh. What have I decided? Anyways, Goyles, how have we been? Cornell, how was your trip? Kareem, what have you been up to? How we all doing? It was great. Um, it was really nice to get away. Unfortunately, I got back to a whole snowstorm situation, so that wasn't fun. Yeah. I, I don't know if, if you feel this way when you go traveling as well, but I, I always feel like we should have like a, 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 at least a one-day vacation after the vacation to like get always. our minds like realigned. Agreed. Um, yeah, because coming back like and having to like jump right into your regular routine is a lot to to take in but I mean that being said I felt very adult for doing the things there were lots of work and job and school related things that I needed to get done and I was like I'm doing it so things are good no complaints oh okay I mean not that we need to talk about this but I also don't know if I've if I mentioned this the last episode but it's weird being away from someone you're seeing when you're used to seeing each other really often so Prosperity, well, Prosperity Bay and I have been um, making up for spending. that. Sure, let's go with that. Um, <laughs> yeah, but no, so that's been really nice. But it's also nice to get a sense of what it feels like being apart for from each other to get a sense of like what we mean to each other. So, yeah. And now look, I'm gonna see a Jamaica with Bailey. I wish you no, February. Must say. November. Got it. <laughs> anyway, bring quickly. Fish baby shower coming your way. <laughs> oh my god. The registry should be posted. Look for your invitation in the mail. I'm going to screen the gift them because the picky can't get anything. <laughs> First child of fish tea. Oh my god. How about you, Kareem? I I went to a conference this week and it turned out being it turned it out wow mm-hmm. amigo conference it turned out being way more <laughs> way much more work than i anticipated but i'm grateful nonetheless because i am pretty sure that nobody from that conference will forget who kareem willis was or what he did while he was at that conference and so my future whether or not it's in academia is looking pretty bright at this moment and i got the opportunity to meet this is how i ended my black history month i, I got the opportunity to meet Andrew Young, which was one of like the right-hand men for Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And he signed my book and he told me to keep the faith. And it was, it was just wonderful. It was beautiful being, it's a conference of minority public administrators. So it was beautiful being among minority public administrators and being, you know, encouraged by them, put on to some of the game that they've had to overcome or are currently experiencing and navigating. So it was really good. And I think I did, I think I represented myself well. And apparently my dean had like all these wonderful things to say about me. So right now my head kind of sweat and all the schoolwork and everything we're kind of worried about. Me not worry about that right now. Me I, me I dwell in the moment. Yes. Right. Round of applause. 
So wait, what did you talk about? Oh, so I had to moderate one panel and then I had to present and I presented this paper that I'm working on with, well, I worked on with two other scholars entitled Where My Gaze At. And we're essentially just looking at the, the presence of LGBTQ individuals and LGBTQ nonprofit organizations within nonprofit research, aka there's not a lot. And we just said, y'all need to do better. Wow. Okay. Do that work. Right. Right. Out here. That's all. What about you, Sister Glenroy? Oh, well, so something I should have mentioned last week and it slipped to me. So I'm just going to mention that. So actually some interesting things have been happening in Jamaica. There was this whole situation where members of parliament were essentially making kind of homophobic jabs at a certain sitting MP on the political trail. And so what was great to see is that there was this general view because Essentially, the jobs beat them in the ass because everybody was like, that is inappropriate for the campaign trail. There were commentators on both sides saying, this does not look good. You know, I wrote a letter to the editor because that's part of the course, but many other people did. And there were some powerful spokespersons across the parties. I mean, so they issued, the party issued an apology, the people who did it issued an apology. And then they said, they, you know, they're, they're committed to equality and non-discrimination, whether for color, class, creed, or sexual orientation. To kind of, to kind of see that kind of re- response on the political platform in Jamaica when 20 years ago, you know, boom, bye, bye was being played on the platform and things like that. So that was amazing to see that and to see how there's clearly some level of maturity around these kinds of discussions and what our politicians are able to get away with on the political platform. So that is definitely something I wanted to highlight and say, yeah. Come on, accountability. Yeah. Yeah. But for me... So, I mean, just a couple of highlights, I guess. One, I had my class, I had class last week, last week, I usually do, but this time I was doing my in-class test, so I dressed up for my kids, you know, I wore a cape, wore a nice little heel, <laughs> you know, I'm doing this whole visibility in the classroom vibe. So, yes, that was nice to do, and, well, outside, it was a regular, regular, regular work week, I, I did something I usually do this weekend, I, I, volunteer at Gibson Relays and and then you know I had a visit from a friend and it was a nice visit and that's that on that I wish friend that <laughs> is it hmm. all right we're not gonna give it up yet I'm gonna make it stay because when when I saw you one question to Glenn I'm gonna know which friend would it visit at Gibson Relays week <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious to hear about the response of the students to to seeing you in heels and a cape you know in it's front of them at class. Like, what was that response like? A lot of compliments, actually. And this is not my first time doing it. Um, since, like, about 2018, I've been, uh, late 2017, early 2018, I've been actively wearing, like, being visibly queer in, in the classroom. And that's because one of the members of my house now was a former student of mine. And it was after, it was after I taught her, she came out to me. But it was therefore important to me to kind of recognize the space I occupied as a queer person who's doing work in academia and, and, and teaching up at the university. And I said, okay, clearly then there's some value there. So in so much that the queer students can feel like there's a future and a space for them within the fraternity or within this field. Nice. And, you know, it's, since doing it, I've not necessarily gotten, I've not heard the negative response. I'm sure there's some people who, feel a, who may feel a certain way. I remember once I, I was wearing a cape for my review class in 2018 and there was this, it was open to all students. It wasn't just my students. And you could see that there was this one guy that came in, wanted the benefit of the review, but he was struggling to kind of stay in the classroom because of what, what I was presenting, you know? But mm. I think those, that kind of thing kind of 
forces us to deal with the reality that queer people exist. And that forces in the way that... But yeah, I think it forces the, the, the conversation because I'm not going to not exist in my truth because you have an issue with it. But it was all positive, you know. A couple of people came over. People weren't even my students who saw me waiting outside so that the room could empty so I could go into the classroom. We're like, oh my gosh, you look so great. This is so Maybe buy your shoes, you know. So it was all good. Big up yourself. Big up your next clean self. I've been thinking about that lately. Is it like how I present? And I'm pretty sure I've said this like weeks ago, weeks ago. How I present in the classroom and in academia. So I've just been like, you know, just like low key pushing the envelopes. Like this week was one of those moments. I didn't bring out any of the heels, but I wasn't like wearing the, I guess the expected suit and tie attire. And I was just like, mm mm. I'm not doing all this. I, ha- I had capes, I had shawls, I had fur, and I had all these other things. And I was just like, yes, they were living for me. And I, I enjoyed that. So my next space is to try and do that in the classroom to see what that would look like. I don't anticipate a lot of pushback because I haven't really had any, I guess, negative, or at least I don't notice it at this point. People always ask me, like, how do you not? Like, I don't notice it at this point. I've come too far to let them stop me. So that's good to hear. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you. So, you mentioned it. Today is going to be probably my favorite episode ever. (laughs) We are doing 21 questions with Cornell. 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 You're number one from Fishteen. Okay, okay. Yes. So, what we did was we posted it on Twitter I'm requesting people to kind of send me questions. I did a ask me a question thing on Instagram. And we got, you know, a good amount of questions. We basically get the almost 20. We got like 19. And I'm going to my two. Can I have questions too? I'm going to just, you know, sit there. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, Cornell is in the hot seat. He'll be answering all your questions. Um, and I'm not going to do that cute little thing he does when he evades the question. Because me and him will fight. We might have <laughs> this should be a very interesting episode. <laughs> will it though will it really <laughs> so yes we're gonna start so kareem and i both have the questions i think we're just gonna alternate to kareem you can start and then i go and it's gonna be all about you today cornell are you excited like i am <laughs> um i mean if i know cornell he is very anxious right now yeah being the center of attention is not my Thing. So this will be, I mean, we'll see how this goes. But I'm willing to participate. So there we go. Well, I don't even know if these questions have any particular order. So this should make it even more interesting because not like you start off real cold and get real hot. The first question, and I'm not sure who posted this one, it says, in a previous episode, you mentioned feeling a disconnect to Jamaican societal norms outside of being queer. Are there aspects of Jamaican culture that you miss or enjoyed while you were here? And I'm guessing here being Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's, I think there's stuff that I miss now having lived in Canada for so long. So the weather is part of it. The food is another thing or some aspects of the food anyway. I've been wanting, I've been wanting roasted yam for years now and I don't know who sells it here because I have this vague memory of going to country for some reason. You know, they, they have like these roadside, people on the, the roadside just like cooking up, up, up stuff. I had some really good roasted yam ones and I haven't, like no one does that. So food would be another thing. I also appreciate how Jamaicans are genuine in a way that the average Canadian isn't. 
And I don't know, Kareem might have similar experiences, but when I first started school here, one of the difficult things for me was people throw around stuff like, oh, I love you here quite easily. Or they ask you questions like, how are you doing without actually caring how you're actually doing? And I feel like in Jamaica, that doesn't happen. If Because my memory of it was, if someone's asking you how you are, like the two of you were having like conversations an hour or two later, just because that's just how people are with each other. So that would be another thing. Mm, let me see. Yeah, I mean, yeah, those are some of the things that I can think of more immediately. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I guess the well, I guess this is isn't exactly answering the question, but um, when I first came to Canada, I was very against the idea of dating a Jamaican guy, and now I'm with a Jamaican man, which is very surprising, but it's also like very comforting. Um, so, so. Jamaican that 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 got it. Mm, okay. <laughs> oh well, 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 well. Anyway, yes, but proceed. Okay, so the next question: Why did you? come out to your mom when you did also has there been any change with regards to her reaction or that of other family members other family members if they're also now aware Mm -hmm. so the i guess the story of it was i'll be visiting jamaica for the first time this month well by the time the episodes come out it will be march so yeah this month and i wanted to so the last time i was in jamaica i was hella paranoid hella anxious and I didn't really want to see anyone or go anywhere. And so I wanted to go back feeling a little more comfortable in my skin. And part of that was not feeling uncomfortable if I have to be in their house for any period of time. So I wanted to let them know and so they could have time to digest and we could kind of figure out whether or not we're going to see each other while I'm there. So that was my rationale. In terms of updates, she hasn't been sending as much passive aggressive messages, which is something I suppose, but there's, there, there's not much to say otherwise. And in terms of other family members, yeah, we haven't really had that conversation. So that is to be determined. Okay, dogs. Okay. Okay. The next question here says you often have issues voluntarily sharing details of your life. Is that solely due to the fact that you are sharing these details to the general public or does this trait translate into your personal life as well? Afas, <laughs> asmadi afas. Well, I mean... JK, I, JK. I feel like this is also something that you, the two of you could probably answer, but yeah, I mean, part of it's the fear of like this information being out there accessible to people that I don't know, but I think generally I'm not always the most forthcoming person in terms of sharing you know details about my life yeah yeah would you say that is that extends to other aspects of my life based on your experience with me i mean to be honest kind of is really the podcast that we talk as much as we do so i wouldn't necessarily be able to say but just from the general interaction behind the scenes it's a very clear yes you're sneaking and like I mean, I think Cornell and I have a different relationship because, like, we went to high school together and shit. So we know pretty much everything there is to know. And I feel like we've shared some of, like, our deepest, darkest fears and concerns, especially as it relates to relationships and so on. So, my, of course, my experience is going to be completely different. 
But I would say you're pretty vulnerable because you've told me some things that I just wouldn't expect anybody to like trust me with. So, okay, I'll take that. Okay. So the the next question is: I know you've had issues with the church with the church communities you've been a part of. However, do you consider yourself spiritual? If yes, have you found or sought out other means of expressing your spirituality? Uh, I think I'm probably in the area of agnostic. I'm not entirely comfortable with the idea of participating in a kind of church or religious community at this point, uh, just based on past experiences. I do try to live as best as I can with some kind of moral or spiritual compact, com- uh, yeah, compass in terms of how I am with people. But yeah, I haven't thought about that as deeply as I probably should. But I do believe in, you know, I want to believe that there's something more beyond us in the universe. You're doing well, honey. You're doing wonderful. <laughs> this person asks, do you find yourself attractive? I ask this because of the statement you made about feeling like you are the least commercially viable member of your friend group. Any people that listen to the podcast now? No but I mean. <laughs> uh, if I think I'm attractive... I guess the updated answer to that would be sometimes. Yeah, sometimes, I suppose. I'm, I'm working on that. I mean, in a slightly related question, I was in a session a few years ago and the therapist was like, do you like yourself? And I full on laughed in the woman's face because partially because that's what I do when I'm uncomfortable, but also it felt like too real a moment to confront the kind of lack of yeah, it took me a while to see myself as being worthy or desirable in any kind of way. But that's a work in progress. I think I'm getting there. And just to remind you, you are worthy and desirable and attractive. I go that. Speak up yourself. In, in those <laughs> moments, and I, I have a follow-up question to that, but do you care to say, like, in, you said sometimes, so in which moments do you feel attractive? Because, I mean, I, I have those moments too where I'm feeling, like, for the weirdly when I was at the hotel room for this conference it was just me in this hotel room and there's this full-length mirror and I walked past and I saw myself and I said hey let's sit on your own so like in those moments I'm just like oh this is all right sis you ain't doing so bad for yourself do you have those moments like where you feel attractive irresistible I mean I so I I'm trying not to be that person who is always talking about their partner, but like I do feel, or he he does make me feel desired, which is quite nice. Okay, and maybe I'm not in answering your your question as well as I'd like to, but sometimes I see myself in some photos, and I'm like, oh, that guy looks like pretty good, like he's attractive. And I think part of the work for me is. I feel like there's a disconnect between the person I see in photos is not who I feel like I look like. And so it's, I have to do the work of like reconciling those two things. Like that is me. Yeah. That's like a really weird thing. I don't know if I'm making sense. No, it isn't. Cause it took me. So for me, the reverse happened where I, I had this false sense of confidence based on an image of myself that didn't match who I was. And so the opposite happened. So I can see why that kind of a disconnect exists. Mm. Mm-hmm. So with Kareem's addition, this question I'm about to ask is question number seven. So we're one third of the way there and you have not melted as yet. So, 
So, are you close with any member of your family, immediate or otherwise? If yes, what's the relationship like? And if no, do you wish it were different? So, I guess the closest relationship that I have, like blood family-wise, would be I have a sister in Canada, and we talk. I mean, we we like have check-ins every few months or so. But my relationships with my parents have always been strained. And uh, my relationship with my other two siblings uh, are, yeah, we haven't really spoken in a while. So I'm not really sure what's, what's going on there. And the other part of the question was what I would want to see. Was that it? Um, you wish it were different. So, so I'm guessing that your answer was basically no. Although did say otherwise. So is it outside of immediate family? Are there any members of your family that you're close with? Mm. No cousins? <laughs> no, I mean, no, no. So do you wish it were otherwise? I mean, it would be nice if it was otherwise. I think, but I, I, I think I'm okay with my life as it is now. I don't particularly feel that I'm lacking per se. Uh, and it might entirely be the case that if I gave people a chance to know me fully, it would be fine, but maybe I haven't, you know, taken the risk. So I might be missing out on some stuff, but yeah, I don't know. I haven't been motivated to, to go there with people, really. I hear time carry you. <laughs> so we're getting a little steamy here. It says here, what was your first time like? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so first time. So that was what? Four years ago? Five years ago? Four years. How old was I? Hold on. Yeah, four or five years ago, maybe. It was with... Wait, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Oh, <laughs> first time. Mm-hmm. How are we defining first time? Are we talking about penetrative anal sex? Are we talking about sex period, which, which includes, but is not limited to, oral pleasure? Oh, I am assuming it's the former. I'm assuming they meant penetrative, I, I guess. Oh, all right, fine. But I feel like, say, you want the timestamp on the latter. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can answer that too. Wait, yeah, can I remember that? Anyway, we'll want one question at a time. But he is a Jamaican man. He was on paper checking all the boxes in terms of what I wanted at that point in terms of, you know, um, boyfriend energy and he was very patient and caring it was difficult or painful the first time but I'd like to think that we got better at it um, but I do appreciate that he took the time to like walk me through what was happening because not everyone would do that or be patient enough you know doing that so yeah it was good while it lasted all right, so this is a follow-up, but this is not an additional question because it's about the completeness of your answer. Okay. So, did you climax the first time? I did. Okay. Indeed, I did. I have way more questions to ask after. here. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the next question is, and I, this would be uh, um, where do you see yourself in five years? Oh, my God. Is it, I feel like I'm, this is an interview. Damn. Uh, let me see. Five years. 
hopefully done with this PhD program, hopefully on my way to, well, ideally I would be living somewhere else, um, working towards, I don't know, I know not everyone is, needs to be interested in this idea of home ownership, but I would like to own my own place at some point in time. So hopefully taking steps to doing that, either putting down a down payment or saving up to get a house or a condo or some shit. Five years. Mm, I was actually I was actually asked a question last night about what my 10-year plan is. And hopefully in the next five years, I would have figured out whether or not I'll be having kids and like how that will be happening or if it will be happening. I would also like to... And this is kind of like in the middle of the, the five-year plan, I guess. I really want to do this 30-city um, challenge um, in the year that I turn 30. So I want to do, so after I turn 29, I have one year to visit 30 different cities. So hopefully I would have achieved that by that point. I want to do that with you. Oh, for sure. So we are 30 the same year. Precisely. We can make it happen. What else do I want for myself? Hopefully like still engaging in recreational and community-based projects. Um, I do want to, I haven't figured out how I want to do this, but I I do have a kind of long-term plan of trying to establish some kind of funding or scholarship or fellowship opportunity for um, LGBTQ students in Jamaica. I haven't figured out how to make that viable because I don't, I wouldn't want to out people, but I'm trying to create better spaces for uh, queer students. Um, is something I'd like to work on at some point in the future. It's going to happen. Speak it into being. We're going to make it happen. Yeah. I I, um, and it's, it's a question I grab, I've grappled with too. So we can talk. Okay, go. Yes, fish tea. Now look, we'll do too much. <laughs> <laughs> what things did you want to do with Prosperity Bay? And I love that they hashtag, hashtag Prosperity Bay. So that's going to be it. <laughs> Look out for the t-shirt coming soon, guys. Um, have you done them yet? What things I want to do? Mm-hmm. With Prosperity Bay and have you done them yet? I guess back then, did you want to do, <laughs> I guess, relationship things or intimate relationship things? I mean, I think we've done all the short-term things that I would like to do. I, there's a kind of big plan to maybe go somewhere together. Um, we haven't discussed details just yet but that might be something that's on the table but I mean to be quite honest we're like fairly like boring people it's like a very domesticated old couple type vibe and so there isn't anything necessarily exciting that yeah but uh, we're here to short term things and I'm sure the person who asked question we're here to short we have we have done the things and the things are good <laughs> and that's fine. What <laughs> <Not> God girl, <laughs> you were something up. Like what? Well, well, well are... go on. You know, it's cooking together. Going oh, on. oh yeah. So like cooking. So we now leave the kind of things we could do. Oh, okay. So I guess as I said, we we're very domesticated. So cooking together is a thing. Um, which is quite convenient because one of my 2020, one of the things I had on my 2020 list was to cook more. So we have made curry food of various kinds. And when I say we primarily him, okay, also 
part of what has been happening is that he's been making fun of me for not for kind of not being Jamaican enough. So I wasn't aware. So like everyone's had students, so. right? Yeah. Um, but like he was he was talking about spinners, and I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And Even I was the way like, you oh, pronounce it. Okay, leave me alone. Okay. A spinners, S P I N N A Z, spinners. I have never heard that word growing up in Jamaica. You never either look a finger dumpling, them look a body dumpling them. I call them dumplings. They look a but no, they have dumpling, they have the look up they have spinners. Dumpling are the wrong one. They have care to where you use sorry, I'm so passionate. Care to are the one where when you are on boats. My school you. And they have the look of one them, the one where you know you cut the look of fuck where your parents probably making a look of pot so them blend with the banana and the yam. Those are dumplings. And you have fried dumplings outside of that, but that now have nothing to do with this right now. And then the name Johnny Johnny Cake anyways. I have two tabs. The only one them look like finger. And then the name spinners. Okay, I I call them dumplings. So what's wrong with you? Because you have dumpling in our name there, in a stew piece, a spinners, and then they're going to soup too. When they keep, especially they keep party. Well, now I know. Now I know. But he won't let it go. Thank God for prosperity. You don't let it go neither. Prosperity, they are elevate the girl. Here, I, would, I mean, the other you thing. i bring it back to your roots. See that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, so yeah, he grew up in the country. So it's been quite an experience. Um, but I also wasn't aware that Jamaican people had turkey neck. Um, that is also news to me. Did y'all do this when you You never know. Get your axe together. Please. Oh my gosh. I'm a feel like said the whole of the credibility of the podcast um got up here. No. The girl don't know spinners and turkey neck. Jesus, <laughs> you know, chicken back has get a steak neither. You never know eat chicken back. I had chicken back, yeah. yeah I had chicken back. Colonel <laughs> 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 our back. Back back. back. Chicken back. <laughs> so here's what's gonna happen. People are gonna think I'm like some uptown person, which is not the case at all. Both of my parents come from country, so it's it's not a fault. <laughs> and so, girl, let's move on. Hello. <laughs> I the first ever seen you ever me? Anyways, the next question, the next question again, nice. And I, I wasn't the one that prompted it. Can you think of me and it's not me? So question number 12, which is basically the midway question, even though the previous one really was. So what was your process of successfully appropriating the people and man? Oh my God. Well, not today. Miss Sabbath. Okay, let me see. I, Wow. <laughs> Okay, so just to be clear, I did not do anything that I consider to be morally questionable. There was an agreement that we were going to be friends, and we were both fine with that. And I went to Europe. I got back to Europe. That was no longer an obstacle to our ability to pursue a relationship. And so we continued to hang out. And to walk into your prosperity. And there we go. So I did, I made no kind of, you know, running up on anyone's man. I just, you know, offered myself as a potential option. Kill Carnell did my band the anchor, you know. He the anchor. I'm vouch from a friend. My friend never do nothing. I said, girl, because media encourage her. 
<laughs> I mean, McKeon Owen, I stand firmly in my truth. I was encouraging Cornell to push up. And Cornell's like, no, I can't because karma. And I would never want anybody to do that to me. And then, yeah, you know, I'm just going to be, we're going to be okay with being friends. Mr. Girl, the man, why you push up? And she said, no, I, I will not. I will not. And as I married somebody, I know I should probably should not have been encouraging <laughs> that. Because <laughs> somebody could have told them from the push up by my man as we speak. But I can't vouch for my friend. She never push up. <laughs> she, she, just, she just, you know, she just, we, we were friends and da, 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 And then when we came back from Europe, I remember, and hopefully I'm not sharing too much, I remember she called me and was like, um, so apparently they like ended things. And now I just like, because then she's like, oh, I don't want to be a rebound, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, girl, push up. <laughs> Even then, that I have a push up, I'm like, girl, the manual, you push up. That's okay. Oh, gosh. I'm going to get myself in trouble if it's going to happen, but... Yeah, all right. Don't Topping. Have you ever? Would you ever? That's the question. Oh, okay. That's a short question. Um, kind of, sort of, but not really. And I guess it might be easier to just say no. And then, would I ever? Sure. I, I want to, actually. Because apparently they say the, you know, you get better if you are able to know things from both sides. So... I mean, Glenn, where I confirm that was it the last episode? No, the week, the, the episode, the episode before this one about verse people. So, I'm not really surprised that this answer, but yeah, girl. All right, we're well, gonna be inappropriate, so I'm gonna move to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's a very short question, but it has context. As the person, so the, the context is the person who sent this in was like, See, like I've seen you somewhere before. Where are you from? And it's oh. the same person. Who you sent to the group chat? Oh, 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 God! Wait, that, 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 what? Remember the person Karim sent to the group chat? Oh, and, and the question was, <laughs> where are you from? Besides being from Jamaica, I need to be more specific. <laughs> I mean, we met at a get together what a few weeks ago, but they think they've seen me somewhere before, and I'm not quite sure where that might be. So. Anybody just take both a Jamaica and in a Spanish they used to live as Jamaica. Anything mm. possible, girl. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Or maybe they are they are trying to run up and that's kind of their way into the conversation. Because actually someone tried that someone tried that question with me once and I got robbed in Jamaica. So <laughs> Yeah. Mm-mm. So that question is traumatizing. I love it. Yeah. Actually, that's kind of a funny story. Um, So I was going to, where was I going? I was working on a group project thing with Javon and something happened with the bus where I had to get off. And so I forget which street it was, but I was walking to his place and I ended up on some lod. Some, it wasn't really a sad, anyway, I ended up in, in this like walkway and some guys came out of a corner and was like, hey, you know, He's like, oh, it's you, or like, you know, I think they know me from somewhere. And I was like, 
oh, like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't think I've seen you somewhere. And then, so by the time they get to me, I'm being held up and they're like, give me your phone and your wallet. And I was like, oh, oh okay. But can I have my chip though? Um, Cause I was like, the chip, like you can have the phone, whatever, but I'd rather not have to start over with the information that's on the phone. Cause like, cause if you can give, at least give me the chip, that would be like very helpful. But like, like they weren't really interested in negotiating. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, I mean, luckily there wasn't, you know, a lot of money in the, in the wallet, but it was a pain to find Javon's spot afterwards. And I got to a gas station where I was trying to get someone to lend me their phone, but it occurred to me after the fact that they probably thought I was either trying to steal their phone or being some hoodlum or something. Luckily, some old lady um, called him for me and he met me at the gas station. But And then the wild thing was I couldn't tell... I felt scared of telling my parents that I got um, held up by two random people. So I was like, oh, you know, I got held held up, you know, because, and they had like knives and like, I, I had to make the, the story seem more, you know, robust <laughs> than it actually was. But yeah, now I know. Now I know. <laughs> I don't actually know you. Next question. Look who we get, but yeah, but. <laughs> right, God. This one sounds real philosophical. Would you rather be a bird or be a dog? Why? That's a really random question. I know. <laughs> the rest of them kind of have context. This one just... We're going to run with it regardless. A bird or a dog? Mm-hmm. And why? You need to ask that to me. Really what you're, you're going to say. Hmm. I feel like this shouldn't be so hard of a question, but I'm really curious as to what they, where, where this is coming from. I mean, I like the idea of, you know what, let's go with a dog, just because I feel like dogs are very like physical, affectionate, tactile people, and I'd be okay with that. Or I'm into that more specifically, but yeah, I don't know what else to say to that. You know, I'm really that, that, that question. You know, the first thing, the first thing you see in my head, I did GIF. I know the meme with the with the slippers. I lick the dog. That's all I can think. But why? <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. people treat dogs better here, so that's the kind of reference point that I'm working with. I love dog. I've read suffering. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So funny story. I don't know if y'all have seen this, but a story came out that said um, a dog had tested positive for the coronavirus, and oh. Some people were joking on Twitter that like now we'll finally be able to get a, you know, a kind of like solution or a remedy for the coronavirus. <laughs> because white people will be that motivated yeah. uh, because they love their dogs that much. Yes. <laughs> I've seen, I've seen those references to dogs. Like anytime there's a crisis happening that impacts humans and there's like not enough action and people will say something like, um, white people, white folks, you know, dogs are being affected by this. Mm-hmm. That's funny. So this is also philosophical, but much more kind of, or much less abstract. If you could have a convo with your younger self, which age would you prefer to talk to, and why? Oh, oh, I love that one. Only if ask me that when I'm eighteen. <laughs> I would say I'm struggling between like eleven, twelve, and sixteen. Primarily because those were both like transitional phases of my life. And so getting a sense of, or, or to be able to say, hey, 
like things are going to be fine or like you are valid and worthy and loved I think would have been like useful things to hear at that point um in time that would have maybe helped me have a little more confidence later on in life I think so yeah one of those phases we need to do the dare you project the dare you episode that would be oh, yes. cute to flesh that out yes yeah. I mean as a quick side note I and I know you know I might be this isn't part of the, the question, but one of the things that I try to do sometimes is think of myself as, as I don't know if this is like a weird way of going about life, but think of myself as like a series of beings in organized in like different chronological moments. So if I'm feeling down or demotivated, it's like, well, how would six-year-old me or 11-year-old me feel about the present me giving up right now? Or thinking of it in terms of if you don't do this or if you aren't able to push through, then your 30-year-old or 35-year-old self won't be able to attain the level of greatness that they are destined for kind of vibe. Mm. Um, so. Wow. Yeah. I think that's been helpful for me anyway, that, you know, I am trying to be the best self for my younger and older self in different ways. That's really nice. Thanks. So, it says here, what are your deal breakers in a relationship? Ooh, deal breakers. Lack of emotional intelligence or emotional capacity, I think, would be a big thing for me. Um, And I mean, that can manifest in a number of ways. So, I've gone out with men who are very much invested in, you know, this kind of of traditional macho, men don't do this kind of thing. Or I have been, I think as I've mentioned before, like shamed for requiring certain kinds of um, emotional intimacy. So I feel like if you don't have the, the capacity to care for me or people generally on that level, then it's not going to, it's not going to work. So I also don't want to be having arguments with you about like people's lives. Cause I've also heard people say shit about um, like queer women or uh, trans women or other groups of black people. And I was like, this is not, I, I don't want to be the someone who has to do the extra labor of trying to teach you how to be a decent human being. So mm. I heard that one. Yeah. No, them we so, on a lighter note, what is your favorite comfort food? I will eat akin sawfish any day of the week. Wow. Hello, uh, yeah. okay. I want the authentic akin sawfish. Sorry, Connie, I'm not your question. It just, <laughs> it just took me back. I tell you, I'm not going to eat akin. Sorry. Teach me never do it. Sorry, I live at UK. I promise myself that I'm not going to eat akin. I'm going to eat without akin. Sorry, I'm not going to do it. Speaking of canned food, were y'all aware that people are selling breadfruit in a can now? Did y'all know this? The blood of Jesus. No. Majadalena Aki and Kalalu. No. Nothing else. Mr. Al Kenya can. The blood of God. <laughs> oh gosh. So Miss Cornell, Miss Gray, it says here, if you want an Oscar, what would your speech be? But we're going to shorten that to what would your speech be about? Because we don't have time for the entire speech. 
If I won an Oscar, Jesus. Or or what would it be for? What would it be for? What would it be about anyone that comes to you first? Like the role? Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be interesting. What do you, yeah. Or the type of Oscar, but yeah, also the role. Okay, so I think it would be, in terms of genre, it would be a drama. But I'm really in, it would have, like, the film generally would be something in the area of, it would be like Black queer in terms of focus, but also there would be a conversation about, like, mental health, because I feel like that doesn't get talked about a lot. So whether it's depression or anxiety or suicidal ideation, I think that would be kind of some of the, the themes that the film covers. And I, because I feel like that doesn't, that it's a really prevalent, serious issue in the queer community that doesn't get talked about enough, let alone from a Black perspective. Um, so I would probably be in the supporting character, supporting actor category, rather than the lead actor category for something like that. But yeah, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's what I'm thinking. In terms of supporting character, what would you think your, your character would be in this movie? What would you think you'd be doing? Uh, oh, well, what the character would be doing? Yeah. Probably be like the kind of like tragic, I don't know, friend of the lead who people use as kind of like some lesson for like what not to do or what not to be. Um, I mean, it might be morbid, but like it's real. I, I also feel like People who usually win, or I'm thinking for, the, for a lot of the really great winners of Oscar are like tragic roles. So, I mean, let me see. Fair enough. Yeah. So, I mean, the only one that comes to mind immediately is like, I'm thinking of Joker right now. Did that guy win? I think he won. He won something, didn't he? Joaquin. 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 Something, something. Yeah. Or I'm even thinking of, you know, I don't know if you've ever watched I Am Sam back in the day, but that was really moving. I forgot what what illness the man was suffering, suffering from, though. But, yeah, I think it's important. Or I don't know if any of you have watched, um, I think it's called Normal Heart. It's a movie about, like, the AIDS crisis. Anyway, whatever. I'm rambling. But, yeah, I think it's important to confront some of that shit. But, yeah. So much for it being a, a light question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this question, I, what made you say yes to the podcast? But I'm going to modify that to the idea of a podcast. I just felt like, I mean, part of it was I've, I've had ongoing conversations with lots of friends on these topics, and that's something I've really enjoyed. But I was thinking there isn't really a platform or space for us to even see these com- conversations represented or for us to like listen to these conversations with other um, people. Uh, and if I'm going to be honest, part of it was trying to trap Kareem into talking to me regularly. <laughs> really? <laughs> because, I mean, I think there was a point where I felt like Kareem was just like super busy. <laughs> um, and we weren't talking as often as we used. And I was like, if I can get him to do this podcast. Then, oh, shit. <laughs> it's like guaranteed conversation. But yeah, I just think generally speaking, it was really important to, because part of what I'm thinking about like long-term is that queer visibility in the Jamaican context needs to um, be pushed um, forward. And I'm hoping that this space helps us to do that. And so I was thinking, even I was thinking about some of the stuff that Albert was saying a few, you know, when he was on the 
the podcast about what it means for or what it might mean for you know young queer folks in Jamaica like I think it would have made certain things a lot easier or bearable even to just know that not only that we aren't alone as queer people but that queer people grow up to have happy and full lives regardless of the circumstances you know yeah so so this is my follow-up and therefore my questions i got no more questions to add after this so we'll just have to use the list but um it's kind of related to this but i was in, i was kind of curious because you know you've brought like other friends on the podcast to share their perspectives and they've been good and i guess i'm wondering um why did you so apart from trapping kareem <laughs> why did you choose the two of us because i mean i said it before that the podcast was was your baby and you kind of roped us in and made it a reality and forged ahead with us in tow. And I was thinking of, I mean, you have friends with strong opinions. So why did you think of Kareem and myself? Yeah. So I guess at the time I I wanted it to be like contemporaries in terms of, you know, us being around the same age. I thought about it in terms of Kareem because uh, again, these are conversations that we've had offline or just like generally when, we're catching up but Karina is also someone who I feel like has similar goals or visions in terms of the kind of world that he wants to create and I think Karim is destined to have some kind of platform regardless based on who he is in a, as a person and in terms of his personality and I thought that would be a really great vibe to have for the for the podcast in terms of reaching out to you, Glenroy, you've always been someone whose mind and thinking and like critical perspective I've always really appreciated. Mm-hmm. And I think it was also important to have someone who is living and working within the Jamaican context on the podcast. Um, right. Otherwise, it would seem a bit far, re- far removed. Um, and I also was thinking in terms of the, the texture I mean, despite, I mean, some people might argue that we agree on most things, generally speaking, but I think in terms of personality and energy, we all offer something very different. And so that was also something I wanted to uh, consider in terms of the, the dynamic as well. So, yeah, we offer bringing Glenn Ryder Bright got upon this. <laughs> no, please. No, because no, for real. No. So, when we were talking about it in Miami last year, I was like, yeah, you know, I've always thought, played around with the idea of starting a, pod- a podcast. And this was from, from like undergrad years. People always like, and it was supposed to be called like Coffee with Cream to play on my name, Kareem. And it was me and a few other students who wanted to like work production and just have me be the person. And then I was telling Cornell that, you know, but I just couldn't for some reason find what would be the pull. Like what I wanted, I know I wanted to be different than the typical podcast. Like they have the read, which is cute, but I didn't want to focus so much on pop culture. I wanted to be about us and our lived experiences more. And he was just like, well, yeah, let's do it. And then we were kind of like brainstorming people to have on. And then I was like, and then he was like, Glenroy. And I was like, oh, we have to have Glenroy as like a co-host. And, you know, that's when we started talking about the idea of having somebody who's living there. Because I felt like something would be missing if we were just talking about the Jamaica that we once knew. Because I haven't been back to, to, since 2012. And yes, I like I live vicariously through you and your, your letters and so on. But I'm still not there. So I felt like it would have been, I don't know, kind of inappropriate, but also inaccurate to just have both our voices talking about experiences in the Caribbean talk about what's going on. Yeah, because I think it's Queen Sam Glenn, right? 
But on my episode, but you just want the broader image. So um, you can ask your last question, and me can tell you share Kareem what the demand was. Lord Jesus. <laughs> so the last question is: What are some ways you practice self care, Cornell? So I mean, engaging in recreational activity has become a really big part of that. So I've mentioned a number of times that I play volleyball. I played it in high school. And actually, you know what? I don't know if I want to say this on air, but <laughs> it's it's interesting because a lot of the the guys that we played with at the time turned out to be queer after the fact. That was a kind of like interesting coincidence. But I'm a part of, I joined this LGBTQ league. And that's been really fun. I signed up for two other leagues as well. I'm also trying to be more intentional about experiences and uh, developing relationships with or like maintaining relationships with people. So um, even the, the trip to Europe and San Diego were a part of that, like making sure that, you know, spending time with the people that you care about and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, I think generally practicing uh, or having a spirit of gratitude is really important despite circumstance. And that's not always easy, but I mean, I woke up today, I have food to eat, I have good people in my life or like small ways to to think about some of that stuff. Aww. I was teaching my students in Sunday school about being grateful and experience and practicing gratitude. Yay. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would also say that one of the, and I mean, I don't want to be one of those, you know, um, people that say shit like this, but I found that since making that kind of mental shift, not, not only has life been better, but I've also been able to invite positive things in my life. So a number of opportunities have shown up that I didn't expect. And I would like to think that putting myself in the mindset to be like, you know, coming from a place of gratitude has invited those opportunities in my life. So it's nice. Yeah. Gosh. I love that episode here. Well, yeah. this is the last <laughs> request demand. <laughs> I thought it was, and I think this is a fun way to end it. So to hear your response to it. So someone sent in, have my babies. Um, I mean, I don't know how we're gonna how we're gonna do that. Well, I just checked I just checked my Instagram. The person is based in Toronto. And well, have- no, you have to share that Instagram that I don't talk, you know. I don't talk. <laughs> oh shit. I'ma just see it now. I'ma just see it. You know, you need to read the full something, <laughs> Glenn Wright. Oh, wait, wait, you go. It says, it says, because I, I just logged into the Instagram. It says, have my babies. Not a question, just a demand. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, well, I am, I am flattered that someone would want to. So think about how you answer that question here. Wait, have my babies. Okay, I, don't, I actually don't know how we're going to figure that out, though. But I am... You're assuming the person is a man. Oh. Mm-hmm. See there. All these things. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I am open to being a donor, so. <laughs> Somebody asked me that. Like, literally, like, I have a childhood friend who's, like, dead-ass serious that she wants, because she's like, I'm sick of these men. I want kids, and I want these kids to have your gene. I was like, this is actually pretty weird. But okay, great. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't think it's, Okay, so... No. Well, I'll, I'll clarify. Sorry, I'll clarify. It's weird because we share the same last name and I'm just like, 
girl, we might be cousins. And mm. I don't need the kid having four hands and two heads. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way I think about it, so I have probably different feelings about um, family and kinship, but I think it's one of the really cool things about being queer is that we get to define how, um, like, define family for ourselves. And I actually think it's, I mean, particularly if it's a, a close friend, I think it's really cool that we can say, you know, I'm not like romantically or sexually interested in you, but uh, you are an important part of my life. And I would love if you could be a part of my life. Now, not to say that, you know, you're going to be involved in the kind of like parenting, but to say that that's something you can do for them in terms of like, their capacity to build a kind of family that they want. So I don't know. I'm into it. And if we keep it a book, enough people will swallow at night time, so I don't know. If some of them go to, go to um, facilitating somebody giving birth. Okay. All right. <laughs> and that I was feel like that's an argument that Elwood would make, to be honest. But yes. That's an argument that who? Elwood? Legally Blonde. Y'all okay. don't remember the scene with the masturbatory emissions? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh my, okay. Wow. Wow, I'm offended. Anyway, it's fine. You're not going to do it. <laughs> You're not going to do it. Because I, I, this was fun. I'm glad we did this. Fun. I think it was fun. The answers are, like, really great. Aww. It didn't feel like you were holding back. Mm. Okay. I'll take it. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to, like, y'all being in the hot seat then. So, thank y'all for staying with us for this special edition of Fish Tea. Um, hopefully, you learned a little bit more about us. If you want to reach out, please find us at Fish Tea Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram by email fishtpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a review on whatever platform that you um, listen to us at, and we'll see you next week, same time. Yeah. Bye. 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 Bye